also, while we're sitting here, Andrew Yang dropped out of the race. He did? <laughs> he did. <gasps> oh, bye-bye, Andrew Yang. Bye-bye, Yang Gang. Does that mean that there are no more people of color? I think so. In the race? Oh, I think so. Mm. It's like they said about The Bachelor. The further you go, the less diverse it gets. Mm-hmm. They're all white. The presidential election really is just a glorified bachelor. It is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> yeah, I think he was the last one because he was standing there. He's like, I miss Kamala and Corey. And I was like, mm. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. Yeah. I really just. <laughs> and it's like, where is it? The New York Times says, where did it go? His campaign lasted well beyond expectations. <laughs> Burned. That is a roast right there. <laughs> I know. I was like, ooh, say less. Ugh, man. Well. <laughs> That's all I got. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our third episode of From the Hill, a 13-episode podcast following the Utah legislative session over the next six weeks. We're your hosts. I'm Marina McTeague, Managing Editor of The Forum. And I'm Cami Mondo, Editor-in-Chief. We have some big stories coming out of Capitol Hill this week. Our total for past bills has climbed to 34, but only one has been signed by the governor so far. And that's still the tax reform bill that was passed at the very beginning of the session. In this episode, we're going to be focusing on some of the legislation surrounding LGBTQ plus rights. Some lawmakers are moving to restrict some rights that are causing some controversy up in the legislature. Also, a quick follow-up on one of last week's stories, the bill that some Utah lawmakers were pushing to censure Romney was dropped today. Yeah, a quick point of uh, clarification. I mispronounced that word last <laughs> podcast episode. It's censure, S-E-N-S-U-R-E, not censor, which I know that's not how it's spelled, but that's what I said, and that's my bad, so I'm sorry. But I hope you guys understood what I was talking about. (laughs) The English language is stupid. Yeah, I agree. I apparently just can't read, so it's fine. (laughs) All right, now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's look at some of the top bills from this week and a few of our favorite honorable mentions. Yeah, so first up, we have a bill that could change how someone dealing with mental illness is charged with a crime. So the move comes from Representative Carol Spackman Moss, and it would reinstate the ruling not guilty by reason of insanity. Under this bill, it would change the precedent we have now. Right now, the law says guilty but mentally ill, but this bill would change it to read not guilty by reason of insanity. Moss says she wants to make the change because the way it is written now is done so it can be applied inconsistently. Uh, Moss says that to qualify for the guilty but mentally ill precedent, the person committing what is considered a crime has to be under the impression that they're not harming a human. So to not be charged, they have to think they're not doing anything wrong, which could bring up all sorts of issues because that makes it possible for two people with the same mental illness to get two different punishments based on the delusion they were dealing with at the time. If House Bill 167 passes, Moss thinks it would fix this inconsistency, but it would require the defendant's attorney to prove that they have a mental illness, which could get messy. Yeah, I think the whole idea of, like, I don't know, proving a mental illness Mm -hmm. just sounds like a dangerous precedent to me, because I don't know how you prove something like that. For sure. And the definitions get really messy about, like, what is, like, I guess 
it technically is like the severity of the mental illness yeah. like does depression count under this yeah like, and it's like what severity levels are we looking at i don't know proving a mental illness just sounds very dangerous to me yeah but i don't know and i've heard i was like looking at comments on an article on this which i know you should never look at the comments section but i did and people were complaining that like people shouldn't use mental illness as a crutch Mm. for like committing crimes and i just don't know how i feel about that comment God, that's terrible <laughs> just because i mean clearly that person i don't think understands what the person committing the act is going through so yeah. i think this bill could help alleviate some of those things yeah also no one that commits a crime and is not mentally ill like ever really uses that crutch yeah of like saying oh i was insane and things like that like it's always the people that that have true mental illnesses that will be abused by the system mm -hmm. and like they're the ones that are put in jail and when they shouldn't be and getting not getting the treatment and the help that they need yeah, totally. I agree. So, oh. Yeah, next we have a bill that reflects an issue that has been touched on quite a bit in the past few months. So House Bill 90, presented by Representative Angela Romero, is coined Child Abuse Reporting Amendments. Uh, the bill would require clergy to report any allegations of child abuse that are mentioned in a confessional. Right now, clergy have an exemption to do this, um, but this bill would remove that and make it mandatory. Romero says she's pushing to make it a law after several survivors of sexual abuse came up to her to tell her their stories and how they want to change. They told her that their perpetrator would confess what they did to a religious leader, but nothing ever happened. So if this bill is approved, Utah would join several other states in creating this no-exemption policy. Um, the Roman Catholic Church has actually rejected bills similar to this in other states, like California, um, saying that it infringes on their free exercise clause in the First Amendment. The bill would affect several religions, not just the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The church reports that it would that it already allows the offender to self-report to law enforcement. The clergy already have have to report cases of child abuse when they are admitted in a situation outside of a confessional, though. And that same rule applies for medical professionals, teachers, and law enforcement. Um, but this bill would affect some religions, like the Roman Catholic Church, because if things that are shared in the confessional are reported, the clergy can actually be excommunicated. I want this bill to pass. I do, too. <laughs> mm -hmm. Truly. Yeah. I think that, like, yes, I understand that, that it's a religious right, like the confessional mm -hmm. part of it is. Like, I... I'm not religious, none of my family is religious, so I don't really know this experience, but the fact that you can just confess all of these horrible things and have no consequences that are actually legal or tangible in any way just kind of blows my mind. Like, I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. I think it definitely should be reported if those things are confessed. I think it's like... Mm -hmm. a weird way to sweep them under the carpet I feel like and I don't know yeah. just yeah I really mm -hmm. hope it passes Romero actually she tweeted the other day this picture of a letter somebody sent her because people are sending this letter out like 
mass communication saying like you're a disappointment kind of a thing for wanting to pass this bill which really stinks but I think it should be passed personally yeah absolutely especially with the history Mm -hmm. of the catholic church having like all of the child abuse that has happened and is still happening like it's been I don't know when it initially when the scandal initially broke it was in the early 2000s yeah so it's been almost 20 years and there is just now being some laws put into place and some regulations even within the church itself and like that it took this long for something to happen like something outside of the church needs to take charge i agree Um, Well, next, we have a bill coming out of the House that's being deemed a bit more controversial. Um, Under this bill, low-income female minors would be able to get contraceptives without parental consent. Right now, under the law, doctors are required to inform and get consent from parents before giving them any kind of medication. But Representative Ray Ward says this doesn't help with situations where the parents can't or won't engage in medical needs of their kids. There are obviously some caveats to the bill. It wouldn't just be kids asking for, like, different kinds of medication without their parents. Um, the bill would allow these health care providers to provide contraceptives without parental notice if they can prove it would be, quote, detrimental to the health of the minor to withhold contraceptives until parental consent can be obtained. I also want this one to pass. I think it'd be, um, yeah, important. Yeah, but I think also that... It should extend to all incomes, not just low income mm-hmm. minors. Yeah, good point. Um, because, like, I mean, teenagers are sexually active. It just happens. <laughs> like, and I think that doctors shouldn't have to inform parents of that fact, especially if that fact could get that could put that teen in harm's way. Yeah, I feel like, especially in Utah, that when the sex education is, like, not mm-hmm. the greatest. Um, yeah. And minors don't get educated on contraceptives. Mm-hmm. This bill could help move toward <laughs> maybe some good, well-rounded education. I don't know. Yeah. But I think that that would be, this is an important part of that. Yeah, absolutely. And it sort of um, brings me back to the porn bill from a while ago that like <laughs> we keep having these bills about like reproductive health and sexual health and in a state where like it is illegal to for teachers to tell students where they can find contraceptives and like well at least in my district like teachers would have been fired if they had told students where to find contraceptives and like our sex education is so incredibly poor that I'm glad that some of these bills are starting to happen Mm -hmm. and I feel like they feel so revolutionary just (laughs) because we are Utah but I'm sure like all of this stuff is like just common day Mm -hmm. in other states but for sure all right moving on to the honorable mentions and some of our favorite stories from this week First up, we have some moves that will make apartment renters much happier, hopefully. Lawmakers are considering a bill that would require owners and landlords to disclose all of the expensive th- expenses that renters will have to pay for before they pay the application fee. Yeah, so before paying that annoying like $25 or $30 or maybe even more, 
um, that fee just to turn in the application to be considered for an apartment. Um, they have to tell you pretty much everything you'd be paying for once you moved in. So if you ever had the experience of applying to live somewhere and then after you jumped through all these hoops, you found out you have to pay for something absurd. Yeah, that will never happen again. Representative Marsha Judkins is pushing for this bill, saying it would protect renters from eviction, especially if they refuse to pay for fees that weren't previously discussed, that were hidden fees, etc. It would also help renters know whether or not they could actually afford to live there before they signed any paperwork. Yes, after consideration in the House, this bill is actually placed on hold right now. Um, that's because lawmakers are concerned with the idea that like landlords might become responsible for covering the price and paying out of pocket for these undisclosed costs. I think that this is a great one. I yeah. love this. Especially being a college student. I mean, personally, right now, I had to, after living on campus, I had to move back in with my parents because I couldn't oh. afford anything else. Um, True that, though. Yeah. Housing's expensive. Right? And, um, but the fact that it's legal for them to not have to disclose those things, like, it blows my mind. Messed up. Yeah. Messed up. I'm, like, living at a place right now. It's not, like, that bad right now. But, like, my landlord's so weird. <laughs> I hope he's not listening to this. But he's so weird. Like, I paid all this stuff, and then I would ask to, like, cat sit a cat for a couple days. And he's like, no, it's in your lease somewhere that you can't do that. Or else you'd get, like, fined and or evicted. And I was like, what on earth? So, yeah, rude. Mm -hmm. The things that landlords can get away with I know. is just insane. <laughs> I know. Stop giving them so many rights. No, I'm just kidding. That's awful. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> restrict them. But also, something. like, residence rights, you know? Yeah. I'm like, ugh, it's crazy. Ugh. All right. Our last honorable mention is coming out of a House joint resolution, and it actually ended up passing the House vote unanimously. It has to do with something we all interact with every single day apps and our phones. Yes, the resolution is coming from Representative Susan Pulsiver. It's calling for an establishment for a ratings board on apps that can determine whether the app is actually age appropriate. She says that parents deserve transparency and app companies need to make sure their content is consistent with their age ratings. It would establish a ratings board that would implement new criteria for the content and what they call, quote, in-application risks. It also calls for more parental controls within apps. Honestly, I feel like apps already have these content warnings. Yeah. And, like, you know, if content is, like, 18 and plus or something, mm -hmm. it tells you that before you open or download. Yeah. Also, so. like, you're, <laughs> like, if these age restrictions, I'm assuming, yeah, are so that, like, kids don't download inappropriate things, but kids are gonna download inappropriate things yeah, you know like, app, like <laughs> that's what kids do <laughs> all the app does is it's like confirm you're 18 by pressing yes and it's like <laughs> yes mm -hmm. you can press that before you're 18 yeah we've all done it <laughs> like mm -hmm. i don't know yeah i think that i personally am anti all of these like parental control sort of things like yes there yeah. should be like some level of parental control over the content that children are seeing of course that has to happen but also like the more control that a parent exerts over their child the more that child is going to resist it yeah you know the more they're gonna go crazy once they yeah. move out so yeah like the 
all of the parents that like burst into their kid's room and demand to see their kid's phone. <laughs> like your child is doing so many things behind your back because they're afraid of what you're going to do. Like, but yeah. So I just, I personally am anti, like, obsessive <laughs> parental control. Don't be that obsessive yeah. parent. Um, all right. Well, moving on to our top story today, we'll be focusing on and highlighting the bills that are focusing on the LGBTQ plus rights. First up, we have a bit more controversial bill coming from Representative Brad Daw. A bill he is proposing is causing some LGBTQ plus activist groups to say it targets transgender youth. The bill would essentially ban surgeries and hormone therapy for minors. It would, however, allow puberty blockers that would temporarily put puberty on hold. Um, the bill's goals have been endorsed and promoted by several national conservative groups, like one called the Eagle Forum. And Daw actually accepted the Eagle Forum's request to draft his own version of the bill. Um, versions of this bill can be seen in other state legislative sessions right now, like South Dakota, who has also drafted a version of the bill. The bill would make it a felony for medical providers to perform these operations or to offer hormone therapy to help these minors change gender. A similar bill being proposed in Missouri would even threaten to revoke doctor licenses if they attempted administering gender reassignment treatment. In Missouri, it would even rule that parents who consented to their children undergoing this treatment would be reported for child abuse to child welfare officials. Daw changed some of the language in his version of the bill, um, saying he wanted to be sensitive and respectful to these kids and their families. Um, however, he said he was still concerned about the medical procedures and the steps included in the process of transitioning. Activists and other groups are concerned that this bill will increase the dangers of mental health for these teens. There are concerns it will increase depression and suicide rates in Utah, which is already arguably high. A lot of families and teens have reported that they would actually leave the state if the bill is passed. Um, some parents are even saying that this is dangerous, mentioning that their own kids were super angry and shut out before coming, on, coming out. Uh, fuck this bill. <laughs> <laughs> what are the rules of though? Just kidding. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, Where do they go uh, off, like, sis? Yeah. Okay, so fuck this bill. And it's, oh God, it's just, it's so terrible. It is so incredibly terrible because the majority of people that I've known that have come out as trans or non-binary or um, they have done so when they were minors. Mm -hmm. And the fact that like this would take away the resources that would help them become more comfortable in their own bodies is just insane. The thing like, that gets me about this one is, like, it's not even about, like, going against parents or something as a minor, because even parents who would, like, you know, yeah. support the transition, they would be reported for child abuse in the case of Missouri. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, it's not even an argument about that. Yeah. And, like, it that it would make it a felony for doctors to perform it? is also just absurd. Like, you have a right to do whatever the fuck you want to do with your own body. <laughs> like, it is your body, and the government shouldn't have the right to dictate what you do with it. Go off, sis. Go That's, off. <laughs> yeah. 
And also, like, the suicide rates within the transgender community and, well, and the LGBTQ community uh, in general are already way higher yeah. than a lot of other communities. And they're even way higher in Utah specifically because the LDS church promotes kicking out any child that comes out. And so there's also a really high rate of LGBTQ plus youth homelessness in Utah. And this is just sort of a really terrible icing on that cake. Mm -hmm. You know, that's all I have at the moment. (laughs) Stepping off now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, now this next bill isn't being presented in Utah, but it is a widespread bill that's pending across the country right now in other legislative sessions. With this one, it's a campaign that would prevent transgender girls from competing with other girls in high school sports. So this one's being pushed after a Connecticut track and field team. The athletes said that the allowance of transgender girls competing with cisgender girls cost them top finishes and possible college scholarships. So far, the bill's pending in Alabama, Georgia, Indiana, Missouri, New Hampshire, Tennessee, and Washington State. Fuck this bill. <laughs> I was <laughs> waiting for it. <laughs> I was waiting for that comment. But yeah, so just first <laughs> off, transgender women are women. There's no other two ways about it. And transgender men are men. And there's no other two ways about it. Also, yeah, the bill doesn't say anything about <laughs> transgender men, which I thought yeah. was interesting. Just girls. Yeah, but also I'll be the first to say it. I don't care about sports. And if your life revolves around sports and who's competing against you in sports, I'm sorry. Because I hate sports. (laughs) (laughs) So that's all I've got to say on that matter. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, like within sports, it's always the argument brought up like, oh, well, their hormones are different and blah, 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 blah. Like, even the goddamn Olympics <laughs> figured that out and are fine with it now. Like, you just have to have a certain, uh, you have to be at a certain hormone level mm-hmm. because, like, otherwise they consider it cheating for some stupid reason. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Olympics, never understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, like, even the biggest sports, one of the biggest sports event in the entire world was able to come together and figure this out so that trans people can compete as themselves in sports. Yeah, I feel like if that's the Olympics rule, they should just make that like the standard across everywhere. So yeah. if like a high school student wants to be an Olympics athlete, they at least know what like the rules are. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And I get that like, you know, not a lot of you know, there are people that can't afford the hormone treatments mm-hmm. or, like, haven't gotten to that place yet. And, like, yes, achieving those standards might be harder for some people, and they should still be allowed to compete because... Because. <laughs> because. <laughs> Heavy stuff. All right, well, that's it for this episode. Uh, make sure to come back for our next episode where we're going to be talking about bills that deal with abortion rights here in Utah, which has also been a hot topic across the country in the past few months. Oof, I feel like we're going to get a few more uh, 
fuck this bill ends with that <laughs> there episode. There's so many bills coming out on this topic. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, uh, we'll also be checking back in on the highlights from the rest of this week. As always, make sure to check out more of the forum's content on our website, WC Forum Media, and follow our social media accounts at WC Forum Media to get the latest updates on our stories. Make sure to vote. Yes. And we'll see you next time. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>